0: There we go. Okay, good. Can everyone hear me okay? All right. Excellent. Well, my name's Brad, and uh, today it's my privilege to go through um, some great teaching on success. And I wanted to start off with by kind of really uh, starting with a story. And uh, what we're going to do throughout the day is we're going to... When I say day, we've got a couple of hours with you guys. First of all, is there anyone here, if you haven't come prepared to take notes... Uh, we're we're here to help you. So just raise your hands and we've got a notepad and pen for you to take notes and our team will hand that out. If everyone can raise your hand, if you need a notepad and pen, please just raise your hand nice and high in the air for me so that our team can assist you by handing out notepads and pens. That'd be great. Awesome. If our team can quickly get those around, that'd be great. While we're doing that, um, I wanted to start off with a story. And the story is that there was a young man uh, who worked in a grocery store And this young man uh, had uh, an old lady approach him and she said, "Um, look, I really want to buy this beautiful, juicy grapefruit, but I only want half the grapefruit. So he took the grapefruit from her and he walked into the back store and he said to his supervisor, "Uh, there's an old bag out in the store that wants a grapefruit, but only half a grapefruit. And as he turned his head, he noticed that the old lady actually followed him into the store. So he turns his head and he says, but of course, this beautiful lady he would like the other half. <laughs> and anyway, so that lady then took half the grapefruit, went to the checkout and started purchasing that half of the grapefruit. And the supervisor uh, went up to the young man and said, you know, Sonny. I'm really impressed. That was pretty awesome how you dealt with people then how you have this ability, you know, on your feet to be able to quickly give a response and get yourself out of trouble there. That was that was amazing. So where do you come from? And he's like, Oh well, supervisor, I come from Wagga Wagga, New South Wales. <laughs> he goes, That's the that's the place where women are ugly and cricket teams are great. And the supervisor said, Oh, Wagga Wagga, that's where my wife comes from. And then the young man said, yeah, what cricket team does she play for? <laughs> now, what's interesting about this story is it's same to true with a seminar today, and that is this. You know, we're going to learn some principles about how if you've made some bad mistakes, has anyone kind of put their foot in their mouth before? Or has anyone made some bad choices, mistakes, and they wish they could reverse it and get themselves out quickly? All right, so we're going to learn about some great principles today on how to navigate in life to help you to be successful. So uh, what I love about a day like this when we start off with is there's usually a couple of different categories of people in the room. Uh, So put up your hand if you fit into the category of you're here sitting on the edge of your seat, hungry to learn principles of how to be successful. Okay, good. So we've got a good, good people in that category. There's also usually a couple of people in the category of who here is, you know, interested in learning about success, but they're kind of in the back of their mind still thinking, what's this guy, and who could he teach me, and what could he teach me? Obviously, you wouldn't use it, a bit. next category, okay, we've got a couple of people there who r- raise their hand. Who here is sitting here thinking that um, it doesn't matter what this guy says, he's not going to get me to raise his hand? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we know that there's different types of people here that the, the important thing is is to understand this is a learning opportunity for everyone, so uh, a little bit about uh, you know what what you're going to get out of today is this is proven principles okay so we haven't just kind of you know downloaded some ideas from from Google and, and thought, well wow, let's slap it together. that sounds great. These are proven principles that really do work when you apply them to your life you 're going to see great success. The other thing too is it's based on about forty years of global research uh, so We're going to look at that today. Also, a little bit about about myself, too. Um, I'm currently applying these principles to different types of clients. Some are in the UK, United States, uh, other pockets of Asia, Australia, New Zealand, and uh, we're seeing great results with uh, the clients that we work with, all different ages So I want to encourage you again, uh, these results really work today. So um, a big welcome to you. So if you want to get in position now to take some notes, what we're going to do is look at this next slide, and I want to unwrap this uh, theme around, I'm going to ask AV team to go to that next slide for me, the theme around the keys to success. And uh, today we're going to look at certain keys. Now when we look at the theme of keys, keys are really uh, important to unlock things. Can I get everyone to say here, unlock? So when you're wanting to unlock certain things in your life, you obviously need keys. Now, I've got some good news and some bad news about this first theme of keys. Who here wants the bad news first? Okay, who wants the good news first? Okay, all right, we'll go with the bad news first. The bad news is, is there are actually things that have to be unlocked. Life isn't easy. Does anyone realize that life is not that straightforward? And there are certain doors that sometimes close. There are certain obstacles that you have to get over, you have to get through, you have to get around. And so because life isn't easy, there are some things that can be locked up in your life that you actually need to unlock. That's the bad news. The good news is, is there are uh, significant keys that you can apply to how to unlock those doors so you can walk into your potential. Who believes that? Okay. So... uh, What we're going to do today is investigate those uh, keys and help you to unlock certain areas of your life that maybe you're wanting more success in. Excellent. All right. So moving forward now to the next slide, we're going to introduce this particular equation that I want to focus most of the presentation on today. And you can see here, uh, obviously, we're starting with success, but we're looking at this equation, different ingredients that we're going to focus on. The first ingredient is purpose. When it comes to purpose, we're going to look at how research shows that if you're crystal clear on who you are, uh, where you're going, what you want to achieve, what you feel called to do, if you have a clarity around your identity and your values, that will really add to the ability for you to be successful. So we're going to look at the importance of purpose. The second ingredient we're going to look at is also what we call perception. Now, research shows that on top of purpose, the way people think about themselves their thought life, their beliefs, the way that they see the world, the way that they process the world will really determine their level of success. The third ingredient, which is called process, is really talking about step-by-step uh, things that you need to do in order f- to, to, to be able to achieve. And we're going to look at there are certain disciplines, principles that you need to apply to follow a process to make uh, goals that you have and dreams that you have start to come to pass. So can I get everyone to say purpose? Can I get you to say perception? Can I get you to say process? Good thing is they all start with P, all right, to remember them. You can see there down the bottom of this equation, there's a question mark. That's not because we, we, we uh, don't know the answer, but we have a mystery ingredient that we're going to reveal that adds to these three other ingredients that will help you to solidify and to cement success in your world. So we'll leave that to the end. It's always good to keep you guessing a little bit. All right. So this is the uh, the, the, the focus and the formula we're going to cover today. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to start with the first one, which is purpose. If we can go to the next slide. When it comes to purpose, <clears throat> we want to talk a little bit about some things around purpose that people struggle with. Um, I I like to use an analogy of the cruise ship, right? Sometimes what holds us back from our success is we are hoping one day, fingers crossed, that the cruise ship of life Will kind of uh, randomly dock on in into into our dock, and uh, those stairs. You know how high a cruise ship is; that those stairs will just automatically unravel and come down, and uh, we'll just uh, step on up, and we can just smoothly and easily climb on up to the deck of the cruise ship, and we go da da da. We've arrived. Who would like life to be like that? Wouldn't that be great if life was like that? Cruise ship, just kind of you book your cruise ship, it rocks in on time. You step up, and you feel like you've arrived. Who knows that life isn't like that, okay? So why purpose is so important is you have to fight to get clarity around your purpose. And what really life is like is actually there's a fog going on. You can't really see clearly. You know there's a bit of water there. Honk, honk, you can hear the cruise ship, but you're not exactly sure where it is. You've got to get uncomfortable. You've got to get your clothes off, put your bathers on. You've got to waddle out to the the, you know, the, the shallow depths. Then you've got to start to be prepared to swim and try to navigate out there while you're still trying to search. And then you, kind of, you might hit the cruise ship, but you're wondering, where is that ladder? And you're trying to find the ladder, and, and, and you actually you realize there is no ladder. So then you've got to try and navigate your way up this cruise ship, climb it, and you finally get to a place, a breakthrough, and you go oh my goodness, that was really tough, okay? So this is why purpose, having clarity around your purpose, who are you, what's your identity, what are your values, what is it that you're good at, uh, will help you to navigate and and help you to be aligned to your purpose so that you're not feeling lost. So what we're going to do is we're going to break down some key principles around this first ingredient of purpose. Um, I'll get the guys to go to the next slide now. We're going to start to look at identity. And when it comes to identity... What I love to do, and this is, we're going to start to get you to, in your notes, apply this now. I want you to think about who are you? What is your identity? And when you think about who you are, some great cues and clues to look for about who you are and how your identity gives you clarity around purpose is what I call the DNA test. So the DNA test, we'll write it up here. There's kind of three main things to look at in your DNA, your natural makeup, your identity. The first thing is what we call your personality. So go ahead and write that down. Most of people have heard of the word personality. We'll break that down in a second. The second thing is your passion, what you're really passionate about. And the third thing is what we call your talents. Now, depending on what season of life you're in, it's important for you to keep getting clarity around these three things because this will help you to understand your, your identity, what's in your DNA. Okay, when we talk about personality, we're talking about how are you wired? Uh, are you more task-orientated, people-orientated, high-energy, low-energy, that type of thing? Your personality and getting greater understanding about how you're wide will give you cues and clues about what your purpose is. I really believe that when people get a greater understanding of their personality, it gives them insight into what they're called to do. So when we talk about personality, if we break that in, there's so many personality profiles. You can Google hundreds of them that are free online right now. But the one that I love is really simple. It's called DISC. Go ahead and write that in your notes, D-I-S-S-C, D-I-S-C, DISC. And it helps to give you greater understanding. Now, when it comes to D, these are different personality styles. Now, we don't get defined by our personality. It's just a tool to help, to help us understand ourselves better. The good thing is all four of these that I'm going to go through are in you and are in I. Uh, or in me, in you and in me. All four are in us, okay? But it depends on the percentage of the personalities that makes the flavor of your style and how you come across and how you interact with the world. For example, usually one of these four that I'm going to go through is what we call your default personality. It's the highest percentage of your personality. The second one, which is the I, we're going to look at in a minute. We're going to look at, there is a second one that complements your default. So it's your second highest percentage. And then the other two tend to be your minority Okay, so in a minute, as we go through them, we're going to do an exercise where I want you to think about, out of 100%, what would be the breakdown of of your personality, okay? We're going to define them first, though. So D actually stands for dominant. I'm going to get you to write that down for me. Dominant. Who here has ever had to deal with someone else in their world that's quite dominant? Okay, now a dominant personality... Great criteria to help you is what we call energy level and focus. So with a dominant, they are high energy and they are task-focused types of people. Go ahead and write that down for me. They're high energy and they're task-focused, which means a dominant person tends to gravitate towards kind of leadership roles. They're good at getting things done and they're good at having a bit of drive and a motivation and helping people to get things done. So the bird analogy that we like to use Is they're the eagle personality Okay, can everyone say eagle? What's the eagle? It's the top of the food chain Alright, it sees its a prey down on the ground It has no hesitation to go after what it wants Okay So a dominant style of person This may be a default of your personality It can give you cues and clues around your purpose The second uh, type of personality is called the I Which stands for the influencer So go and write that in The influencer The influence we use, different birds, depends on what you prefer. You can write down peacock or you can write down parrot or you can write down galah. Now, sometimes I don't like to use galah because people automatically think a galah is a bit, you know thick Um, and influencers are not thick influencers can be incredibly incredibly intelligent okay so whatever bird helps you to remember peacock a parrot or galah but they're high energy people but they're people focused so the dominant is high energy task focused the influencer is high energy people focused steve Irwin was a classic over-the-top influencer okay he was a high high i pretty much that's all he was i Okay, the next one is called the Steady Relator. And the Steady Relator, we use the bird. Who wants to, who wants to have a guess? The bird. They value peace and stability. The dove, good. Write the, the word dove down. The Steady Relator. I am married to a dove, which is cool. All right. Steady Relator. They value peace and harmony and stability. Compared to the influencer, values fun and popularity. Whereas the dominant values results and, and values uh, getting things done. Then we have the fourth one, which is the cautious thinker. Go ahead and write in cautious thinker for me. And the bird that we use is the owl, hoot, hoot. Now, the cautious thinker values accuracy, perfection, detail, okay? And they have the need to be right, okay? Now, all four, the dominant, the influencer, the of related cautious thinker, this is just a tool called DISC. Um, you've actually got all four of you in you, and obviously it depends on certain situations in what styles come out. But what you want to do is you want to think, if you can completely relax and be yourself, you don't have to worry about, anything or certain situations i want you to write down what do you think the styles are the percentages out of 100% so i want you to give each style a percentage and those four have to add up to 100% now before you go ahead and do that just a, a bit of a uh hint what you don't want to do is you don't want to write down 25 25 25 25 because you might think well i'm very balanced but that's actually the profile of a psychopath Okay, so um, unless you are a psychopath, <laughs> uh, don't write that down. Obviously, over time, we adjust and we adapt and we fine-tune, um, but you want to make sure uh, that you, you typically, a healthy personality mix is you have one style that is, is higher. So for me, um, my na- if I could just completely relax and be myself, the highest would be dominant. Okay. When I'm in training mode, I usually bring a lot of my influencer out, but influencer would be my complementary, then cautious thinker, and I've actually got very little steady relator. That's probably why I'm married to a steady relator. I'm drawn to a steady relator, bring a steady relator into my life. Okay, That would be my lowest natural percentage. Now, over time, when we grow in wisdom and we adapt, we learn that we have to bring certain of these elements out to make us more effective with people around us in certain situations. That's obvious. But it's about just reflecting on cues and clues here about... Getting insight to how you're wired is a great way to give you greater understanding about maybe what are you called to do, what's your purpose. For me, I, I know that this really helped me because I knew <clears throat> that I was good at motivating people, I had that drive in me, and I knew I was good at communicating. And that led, when I got that insight, it led to me looking at roles and careers um, around communication. So uh, that's why I led did business and I did journalism, probably why I've ended up now being... Uh, A trainer and a coach because my personality getting an understanding of this helped me and guided me in terms of what my purpose was does that make sense to everyone good all right the second key about this is your passion what excites you go ahead and write that down what just really excites you now this can change depending on different seasons in your life but what really excites you what is it that um, energizes you? What, what is it that motivates you to get out of bed? What are you really passionate about? That can be a great way to help to give you insight into what you're called to do. You know, I've done career coaching before with accountants who've been accountants for over 20 years and I sit down and I go, so how, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being absolutely yes and 1 being the opposite, what number would you use to describe your passion for accounting and for numbers? And some of them have done accounting for 20 years, look at me, eyeball me and say two out of 10. And I go, well, well, why are you doing it? And the answer is all well, because that's what I was told was the right thing to do. And so no, one, no wonder they're, they're lacking a sense of purpose and they're feeling confused in what they're doing. The third part is talent. So this is really about your strengths. So I want you to write down What is at least one or two things that you know that you're good at? Now watch this. You don't analyze are you world's best or are you better than everyone else that you know because that can be limiting. What you've got to do is just think about you, think about your capabilities, think about your talents and identify what is it that comes easy to you? What is it that you know that you're good at? Because watch this. A lot of people are fixated and obsessed with their weaknesses and they invest time in their weaknesses which is crazy. Now, you need to sometimes invest time in your weaknesses so they don't become a liability to your success, but you need to make sure you identify your strengths because when you invest into your strength, you can actually really superimpose and extend that strength to make it work for you, to help you to become successful. For example, if you look at an athlete, right, any type of Olympic swimmer is not going to spend hours and hours on the basketball court because they're really not good at basketball, right? You'd be like, that's crazy, just because they they, they know that they're not as good as basketball as their their mate down the road. No, if their gift is swimming, then they're going to spend time in the pool doing lap upon lap upon lap upon lap, becoming the best they can at their strength, maximizing their strength, because that's what's going to create leverage for them in terms of their purpose. Can everyone say leverage? So being able to really get some cues and clues on your personality, how you're wired, your passion, what really excites you, and the talents, the giftings and the strengths that you have gives you greater clarity around your purpose. We'll go to the next slide. The next key to uh, purpose is also your values. So I want you to write this down. What's most important to me? Question mark. What is most important to me? So not only is it your identity but also it's your core values now sometimes this will change over time depending on what season you're in but what is most important to me even just simplifying that question and asking this what is it that i want see when you have clarity around your purpose you know what you want and you also know what you don't want you also know what you like and you know what you don't like and sometimes it takes time and it takes experience to solidify these things but time we know is a friend in helping us to solidify purpose. But values, what's most important to you? What do you like? What don't you like? What is it critical that you know you wanna protect and invest time into, your values? Now, one principle I wanna talk about that aligns to this uh, key around values is a principle that I know most human beings on planet Earth would find it very difficult to argue against this value. And what's important about your purpose is knowing this. Knowing that it's not just about what you're called to do and what you want to achieve and becoming very clear on that. So what we want to do is we want to focus on purpose to get rid of any confusion. Because if you're not really clear where where you're going and what you want to do, it's going to be very hard to navigate to get there. Particularly because there will still be some restrictions and obstacles and walls in the way. So if you're really clueless about what you're doing and what you're called to do because you haven't really analysed it or thought about it, it's going to be very, very difficult to get there. Successful people know that the first step is to get that clarity, but also this, you don't step over everyone to get there. It's important to also value win-win, to make sure that, yes, if you're aiming to be successful and to go for your purpose, that's great, but also you want to make sure that you support other people on your way to getting there, that you don't walk over other people because who knows if you're successful but you've got a reputation where you just walk all over other people to get what you want. Who knows that that's not a definition of success, all right? So <clears throat> it's important to, yes, have clarity around your identity but also making sure you've got clarity around your values. When we talk about values, we're talking about integrity. We're talking about that you are the same person In private, as you are in public. And uh, over time, you know, it's important, I think, as we are aiming to be people of success and we're wanting fruitfulness in our life. It's important that when it comes to purpose, part of your purpose is not just this stuff, but part of your purpose should also be about knowing what your values are and making sure you stay on track and you stay aligned to your values. Because if you're not aligned to your values, you may have public success, but your private world is not going to feel very successful. Who believes that? So it's important to focus on identity and values. Um... I'm going to get the next slide to come up because when you combine both identity and values, it gives you insight into having the end in mind. If you've ever wondered, what exactly am I supposed to be doing on earth? What am I called to do? Why am I here? What's my destiny, so to speak? If you want to have the end in mind, a great way to start to unravel that mystery and to get a real insight into that macro kind of vision for your life is really to answer, well, what is my identity? And what are my values? If you can understand your identity and your values, that will give you real insight into what is that long-term vision for you so that you've got the end in mind. I think a lot of people struggle with this because sometimes they're trying to define their end in mind or their vision based on all other people's success or different examples of, uh, of success out there in the world – Whereas actually the key to getting your vision and the key to getting an understanding of where you're going long term is actually within you. And you've got to understand the identity and the value side to answer this question. Let's move to the next slide. Let's make this practical now. What we want to do is we want to look at this life pie activity because this is all still under this theme of purpose. Now you can see there's seven categories on the slide. And with these seven categories, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to first of all, let's define them and then go ahead and take a photo of this if you want to. Sometimes it's easy just to take a photo of the slides, have no problem with that. What I'm going to do is define them and then we're going to do an activity. And this activity is designed to get you to focus on these different categories and your roles in your life, the different areas of your life that you're called to invest into, your purpose and to help you to distinguish, okay, how am I tracking at the moment, and where do I need to maybe reinvest or make some changes? So the first one, which is pink, family and relationships, that's obviously family, right? But also relationships outside of family. So friends, other key people in your world, relationship side of your life. Then you've got finances. Finances is the money that you earn, the money that you save, the money that you spend, and the money that you invest, uh, the next one is health and fitness, which is obviously the nutrition that you put into your body and then the exercise, you know, that you focus on to keep your, your body healthy. Then we've got career and business. Now, I know that there's probably some university students here, high school students here, maybe some full-time mums. You, you guys can still analyze definitely career and business. A full-time mom has definitely got a career. The next one is recreation, which is all things rest and relaxation, what you do to unwind in terms of, you know, movies, dinner parties, uh, travel, holidays, maybe it's a hobby. Next one is community. So besides your immediate family and your friends and your work colleagues, uh, your connection to a greater cause that's bigger than yourself. Okay, So that could be uh, church, it could be uh, Surf Life Saving Club, it could be the football club, any type of connection to the greater community. <clears throat> the next one, the last one there is personal leadership. So this is all things, uh, knowing who you are, kind of literally what we're doing today in this seminar, personal leadership, knowing your strengths, uh, having clear goals, um, good time management, good, good organization, the ability to lead your life, having a vision, Um, pursuing that vision, knowing what to say yes to, knowing what to say no to, personal leadership, discipline, all those types of things. Okay, now this is the the, uh, the exercise. I want you now to think of each category by itself. And I want you to put down a number between 1 and 10. And this is the level of satisfaction that you have right now in this particular area of your life. The best answer is the honest answer. I'm not going to go around and take a photo of your answers and put it on Facebook, okay? This is just between you and yourself today, all right? So go ahead and think about family and relationships and put down a number between 1 and 10. 10 represents perfect, couldn't improve in terms of satisfaction. 1 represents the opposite. So 10 represents perfect. 1 represents the opposite. Go ahead and put down a number in each category of these 7 categories of the pie. The key here is not to overthink it. Once you've done that, if you've got a calculator, or if, you're, if, you, if it's good in your headspace, you can do that. Just add up the seven numbers and get a grand total and divide that grand total by seven to get an average number. As we're finishing this exercise, no joke, with my clients, this is something I encourage them to do once a month, okay, just to take stock of their world, take stock of their life, and just to, to do a bit of think time around where they're at, Now, what's interesting is when you add up the seven numbers and you get a grand total and you divide that number by seven, that's what we call the average number. Now, that average number represents what? It actually represents the number that you actually wake up and you walk into life every day with. Now, it'll fluctuate. You'll be up a little bit, up a little bit down on different days. But watch this. Most times as human beings, where we feel a little bit confused or we lack clarity in life, our purpose is not as cutting edge because we don't necessarily take the time just to stop and reflect on where we're really at with these different areas. So sometimes, or a lot of the time, we're actually walking around doing life with just the average number. We're clear of what the average number is. Ho-hum, it's just life, and we're just doing life, right? But when we do this exercise, we can actually pinpoint, hey, what are the numbers that are really healthy, and what are the numbers that are not so healthy? So what I want you to do is I want you to go ahead and circle the categories with the three lowest numbers. I want to also encourage people to be honest. Um, You know, when you learn how to do coaching and training, they use a case study of Alcoholics Anonymous, and they talk about people being honest. Uh, when you know they're having to admit they have a problem. And usually the facilitator can't actually take that person any further through the program to help them with their problem unless they can actually admit where they're really at. Okay, Not suggesting anyone here is an alcoholic, but you get the point. The principle here is you need to make sure, because this is between you and yourself, if you can't be honest with yourself, that's the key starting point. Don't stay in denial. There'll be a temptation to, if you're actually really a six... Oh, but I'll give myself a seven because it sounds nicer. Okay, don't do that. Give yourself a six. Okay, do an honest evaluation. So very quickly now that I've said that, maybe go and reevaluate any numbers if you need to. But once you've circled the three lowest numbers, I want you to choose the lowest number, the category with the lowest number. And I want you to think this now. This is about purpose. This helps. What's one thing, just one thing that you can do to help to improve that particular category, to get that number higher? For example, one of my clients, when they did this activity, their lowest category was finances. They actually put down a one out of ten. When they thought about why is it a one, it's because their credit card debt was out of control. Literally all their income and everything was being sucked away from their credit card debt. So when they sat down, they thought, okay, Brad's not asking me to wave a magic wand and make my credit card disappear. That's unrealistic. But he's asking me to think about what's one thing I can do to start to turn this situation in this area of my life around. So the goal that he set was this, to organize an appointment with a debt consolidation expert. Okay. Someone who could specialize in looking at my debt and actually coming up with a, a strategy to start to really nail it. Okay. And this was his feedback. His feedback was this, just by actually setting that goal and going and applying that goal, even though his credit card debt was still a reality, his level of satisfaction in that area started to lift because he felt like he was finally getting victory over it, he was finally doing something about it, he no longer had his head buried in the sand. Because sometimes there'll be categories in your life where you're not feeling very fruitful, where you're not feeling very satisfied and the temptation will be you'll dig your head in the sand and you'll try to avoid it, you'll, you'll try to ignore it, you won't do anything about it and then that number gets lower and lower and lower and you feel more and more defeated. So the key here is to get clarity of purpose, you are called to get victory in these areas of your life you're called to build a successful life and so you need to take stock you need to uh, open up the master plan of your life at least once a month get a feel for every single department of your life and in that analyze where is it at and more importantly where are the certain areas that i need to invest into set some clear specific goals to help me to move forward in my purpose to building a successful life who believes that So it's about really being specific and focused and actually building this in as a habit, doing this at least once a month to take stock, okay? One of the biggest reasons people don't break through in their life is because they actually just don't want to think about things because they know when they think about things, they have to face the reality of things and that's not always fun. Who knows it's not always fun, okay? So this is where the life pie activity, okay, is something that will really add value to you, particularly if you make it a, a monthly habit. Does that make sense to everyone? Okay, good, all right. Now, the good thing is this is a template. You can add different categories. Let's go back to that. Let's go to the next slide, though. Let's make this even more practical. When it comes to (coughs) where are are you now? And so, we want to look at these different categories and questions. You can see here, I'll I'll go over this way. On the right-hand side of this slide, there are different questions. Let's go through these questions because, again, it's about getting clarity of purpose. Remember, purpose is about who are you, uh, what are you called to do, and your values. What do you like? What don't you like? What do you want? What don't you want? What's most important to you? And so we want to look at these questions on the right-hand side. So the first question is, what are the things you have and want? What are the things that you have right now in your life and that you want What are the things that you have and that you want? Now, if you have things that you have and you have things that you want, then that actually uh, sits into the pink box. Things that you have and things that you want, you want to keep. Everyone say keep. Okay. Pretty obvious. But it's important that, for example, you may have a great family and children, right? So it's important to know, that. well, I have a family and children and I want a family and children, so I need to keep those things in my life, so I need to make sure I'm investing in those areas to protect those things, not to take them for granted, okay, because sometimes people will just take for granted those things that they already have and they want, and they don't keep uh, restoring those things or protecting those things, and then over time, we can lose the very things that we have and the things that we want because we were taking them for granted. We want to keep those things. The next question, what other things you have and don't want? What are the things that you have in your life, but you don't want them in your life? And this is the bottom right-hand box, which is the light blue one. And you can see the word remove. Obviously, things that we have in our life, but we don't want them, we want to remove them. For example, you might have debt in your life, and you don't want debt, so you want to remove debt, so you want to target and focus your purpose for this next season might be to come up with a, you know, a debt reduction strategy. The next question is, what are the things that you don't have and you don't want? What are the things that you don't have and you don't want? And that is the purple box. They're the things that you want to avoid. Now, for example, if you don't have sickness and illness, and obviously you don't want sickness and illness then you want to avoid sickness and illness. So you're going to focus, your purpose is going to value health and fitness and you're going to invest in that and you're not going to just park that to the side or you're going to focus on making sure you start to break through in that area, particularly if you've got children or you're going into retirement and you want longevity of life. So again, it helps us to to get clarity around our purpose and where to invest our focus. The next one is what are the things you want but don't have? What are the things that you want, but you don't have? Well, you want to get those things. And they, particularly, are the clear goals that you wanna map out and be specific. Now, what's interesting is the very last question. The last question is, what do you have and want that could be holding you back from something better? What do you have and you want, but it could be holding you back from something better? So. That again is the pink box, but sometimes the things that you have and that you want, you should keep. But some things that you have and that you want, you need to be careful that those things aren't making you comfortable. For example, you may have and want your job right now, but it could become a risk if it's a really cushy, comfortable, cruisy job. And because it's so comfortable, you're not even open or looking at the idea of actually believing or looking or hoping for something better. Maybe there's something on the horizon that will be better for you, but you're not even open to looking and could miss out on that opportunity because you've got comfortable and that could be a risk to your success. Does that make sense? So this is a great way, again, to get clarity of purpose, really to sharpen your focus. Who are you? What do you want? What don't you want? What do you like? What don't you like? What's most important to you? All right, so the first ingredient we, we looked at was purpose. Let's now move to the next slide, which is talking about perception. This is the second ingredient. Perception is really, really uh, important when it comes to people's success. And when we talk about perception, uh, I love looking at, at sport and particularly athletes as a great analogy for success in life because you can learn so so much from professional athletes you know what they highlight is what sets apart world's best athletes number one compared to the next number two to number ten the top nine versus the the, sorry the (coughs) the next top nine versus the number one usually it's not skill sets they usually have the same level of capability, but it's usually the headspace. It's something in their mindset. It's their, it's their perception. It's their mindset. It's their belief system that sets them apart, that's enabling them to succeed. And the same is true for you and I in life, our perception and how we process the world. So when we talk about certain types of perceptions, we're talking about um, filters and paradigms. What we mean by filters and paradigms is how we process our world and the perception of how we process life depends on our perception and our paradigm, and it can impact on our level of success. So let's illustrate this with the next slide. This is an interesting one. This is a question to you. We'll leave this slide linger just for a little while. Which one, A or B, looks darker? Someone shout out the answer. We've got some colorblind people here which one looks darker good it's not a trick question well it might be but maybe you're trying to work it out so you're not telling me the obvious answer because you're like oh there's a trick to this okay the obvious answer is okay is a looks darker now let's show the next slide what we're doing is we're actually taking the color of a right down to b in that ladder and you can actually see that a and b in fact are the same color Let's go back to the previous slide. See how A and B do actually look different there? A definitely looks darker. But let's now look at the next slide. So A looks darker, but is actually the same shade as B. And so the point here is down the bottom in the orange. Everything we look at, every time we look at something, we see it in the context of what is around us. So the reason why, if you go back to the first slide, The reason why B right there looks lighter is because it's closer to the green uh, cylinder there. And the same is true. Things will look differently, sound differently. You will process things differently. You'll perceive things in a certain way depending on your environment, depending on the context of your life and situations and the people that you hang out with. So how we perceive things can really impact on our success. And sometimes people are completely blind to this. Because, you know, if we're looking at these two slides, what's interesting is that sometimes naturally as human beings we are stubborn and we think the way we see it actually is true. But a lot of times the way we see things actually isn't necessarily 100% truth. And so we can get stubborn and we call these paradigms, we also call them strongholds or mindset blockages or in other words is limiting beliefs. And so we so believe this thing, but it actually limits us because it's not really the whole picture. But we get stubborn because that's the way that we see it, and therefore that's the way it is. Therefore, we're not open to learning, we're not open to growing, uh, and it hinders our ability to break through. Let's now look at this next case study. So this is an actual case study that we're going to look at. This is, again, talking about perception. This is talking about the importance of mindset in relation to success. So there was a group of women who were about to embark, this is in the United States, they were about to embark on a fitness program uh, to lose weight. And before they did that, the fitness organization that was running the program decided to send out a survey. And the survey asked a couple of questions. The first question that the survey asked is up there on this slide. They asked, do you believe that you will succeed or do you not believe that you will succeed? That was the first question they got this group of women to answer in the survey let's look at the next slide this is the second question that they that they asked in the survey do you believe it would it will be easy the fitness program or do you believe that it will be difficult so the first question is will you succeed or won't you succeed and the second question do you think it's going to be easy or do you think it's going to be difficult and all the women answered let's look at the next slide What was fascinating is all of the women that had the most significant success in the program answered with the green boxes. The first line, they believed they would succeed. They believed that they would be successful. That was the first part of their mindset. The second part of their mindset, when asked would it be easy or difficult, is they believed that even though they were going to be successful, they believed that it was going to be difficult. It was going to be challenging. It was going to be tough. It was going to be hard. So what we're saying here, the next slide, is research shows that what's critical from a mindset point of view, successful people, they have to be a realistic optimist. Watch this. They can't just be an optimist, who's not realistic. Have you ever met someone who's an optimist and not realistic? Oh, yes, I'm going to get it done. Oh, it's all going to happen. It's going to happen in three days and nothing will harm me. Right? And then three days later, you hear that nothing's happened. Has anyone met anyone like that before? Great optimism, really positive, which is good, but not realistic, right? Just thought it would be easy peasy. Did not set in their mind that it was going to be challenging. And weren't properly prepared for the obstacles and the difficulties. As soon as something became difficult, they went, "Ah, oh, got me bothered," because they had the wrong mindset because they were unrealistic. But then have you ever met someone who's incredibly realistic to the point where they're so pessimistic and negative? Right? Ever Ever met someone who is very realistic but actually has no possibility uh, mindset, right? Negative Nancy, right? So I want to challenge you right now to think. Let's go to the slide before if we could. On that first line, can I tell you this? I know from my own life, when I broke through and I really believed that I could be successful, that was such a key. Because if you don't believe that you can be successful, that's the starting point. Can I tell you there? You've got to get over that hurdle first. And this, this is where perception and purpose relate. When you've got to understand that part of your identity is your call to be successful. Then that will help your perception to shift. Can I say, if there's a roadblock in your life and you're struggling to believe that you'll be successful, you need to break through that. Because that is a limiting belief. It will limit you. It will hold you back. It will stop you. But you've got to take responsibility because you and you alone are the manager, the keeper, and the owner of your headspace. The second one is if you think everything's going to be easy, life's just easy, easy peasy. Can I tell you, you need a reality check because life is hard. Maybe you grew up and life was just easy for you in your family and everything was done for you. Well, that's great, but we want to encourage you. It's good to get a reality check. Everyone say reality check. Okay, you need to know that life is tough. You need to know you have to be willing to fight. When you get that revelation in your, in your belly that you have to be tough, you have to be willing to face a wall, face an obstacle, something's not going to go perfect. Even the little thing, who knows if you want to get something done in a day, sometimes it's not smooth sailing. Just a little task, a daily task every day, right? And then you get the littlest little obstacle and there's a little thing in you that just wants to go, oh, this is too hard, I'll do it tomorrow, Right? So this this is highlighting your perception of not only you, but your perception of the reality of the world around you and what it takes to be successful. Let's have a look at this next slide. So what we're talking about here, it was talking about getting some grit. Everyone say grit. you got to get some grit to be successful. You know, there's a Great movie called The Color Purple. Now, I think it's The Color Purple. I get confused with this one and another movie. So if I'm wrong, please forgive me in advance. But I believe it's The Color Purple. And uh, there's a particular scene. Uh, it's in, um, you know, the, it's seen, uh, I think, in the um, early 1900s when um, <clears throat> African-Americans were still part of the slavery focus there in the United States. And Oprah Winfrey is actually um, in this movie, but she doesn't play a part of the scene that I'm going to refer to. But it just talks about the struggle of the African-American people trying to break out of um, slavery and and trying to deal with different um, relational tension with their masters and and just what goes on in life in that time. And there's a scene where there is this single uh, mum uh, who's struggling and she has a little boy. And unfortunately, the little boy's just turned four um, but she's known for a while that the little boy is eventually going to be completely blind. He's just bit by bit, bit by bit, losing his eyesight. The doctors have diagnosed him. And you kind of see the, the, the story unfold. And anyway, it gets to this, this scene where it's the day that he act, the little boy um, completely loses his eyesight. And uh, the, the mother is in the kitchen, and the little boy is in the living room playing with his toys. And as you see the little boy playing with his toys... All of a sudden, he looks up and he just can't see anything. And he starts to cry out, Mommy, Mommy, well, I think it was American accent, Mommy, 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 I can't see. Mommy, Mommy. Now, the scene goes to the mum in the kitchen, and she goes to automatically respond and go in to save her little boy. And, and, you know, in that moment where all of the lights just gone from his eyes and he can't see anything. But she just holds herself back and she kind of pushes herself into the cupboard there and hides. And she's hearing the little boy, mommy, mommy, I can't see, mommy, where are you? And you can see the mother fighting. But she knows that at that very first moment, if she just runs to a boy, it's probably not going to be the best for him. That's the decision. You can see it in her, in her And so as little boy realizes that mommy's just not around and she's not going to come straight away, he stops calling out. And he makes a decision. And the decision is, I've got to get up from this couch and I've got to find my way to the kitchen to find my mum. And so he stands up and he's, he's trying to search his way and he's struggling, but he's searching his way. And he starts to make his way to the kitchen. And what the mum knew right there, that that little boy, because he couldn't perfectly see exactly where he's going, he needed grit. He needed determination. He needed that mindset to really be, be successful, particularly with some of those things that were going to hinder him obviously being blind. Well, you and I, we can perfectly see. Well, hopefully most of us can. But the, the truth is sometimes we, we do lack vision. Sometimes we feel confused. Sometimes things don't go perfectly well and we wonder why. But you have to have that fight on the inside. You've got to have that grit because that's what successful people have. Let's now talk. look about some interesting other mindsets. I'll have a look at the next slide here. We're going to go into some real depth around research. 40 years of global research I talked about at the beginning, about certain mindset strengths that successful people have. And I'd love you to write these down for me, because we're going to define these, and we're going to get you to self-evaluate. Go ahead and take a photo of the slide, if that helps. I want you to self-evaluate now as I define these. Again, we're going to use a scan of 1 to 10, 10 being perfect, can't improve, 1 being the opposite. Notice I don't give you the option of 0, because there's always hope. So 1 to 10... And again, give yourself an honest, honest evaluation. So let's talk about these mindset strengths. Research shows that desire is a mindset strength of successful people. Desire is the hunger to do well, the hunger to succeed. It's the motivation, it's the drive to do well. And it's absolutely critical. But sometimes, because you're a human being and not a robot, your desire will not always be high. There'll be some days where you'd rather stay home, eat pizza, and watch a DVD, okay? But who knows that we can't always give in to those inclinations, right? We've got to push through. So you've got to allow your desire to be something, it's got to be a mindset that helps you to push through. The second one is commitment. Now, commitment, we define a bit differently than what the usual definition of commitment is. I want everyone to write this down. This is the most critical out of the four currently on the screen. The most critical research shows is commitment. Now, commitment is this, the willingness to consistently do the hard things. Write that down for me. The willingness to consistently do the hard things. There's another way of saying it. The willingness to consistently do the uncomfortable things. And when I mean uncomfortable, I don't mean unethical, (laughs) okay? I mean uncomfortable. So there are going to be some things that you know you need to do to be successful in life that actually energizes you and you love to do it. For example, you might be sitting here going, Brad, I love setting goals. I love setting goals. I love setting goals. I love setting goals. But maybe it's hard for you to execute those goals. You could sit around with a tea and coffee and talk about goals all day. And then they actually start to break that down and and execute them. You're like, tomorrow 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 so think about the things that you know you need to do to be successful but you procrastinate doing them because they don't really energize you they may not really excite you okay see commitment is really tested not with the things that you love doing it's truly tested with the things that you don't really like doing but you know you need to do to be successful that's where true commitment is tested and this is in all different areas of life: relationships, your finances, just organisation, getting things done, commitment. It's it's always about putting off that that uh, you know instant gratification for a more long term reward. The ability, the discipline. You know, let me share with you right now. I have a brother who unfortunately just had an accident this week. He's okay now, but he broke five bones in his back luckily he's not damaged his his spinal cord but he was racing on a bike and he does triathlons and marathons and half marathons and he's just turned 50 and um, you know when you look at him I mean he's he's fit he used to be in surf life saving He still volunteers he used to be a surfer I mean he you know he's just cool my brother's just cool right and uh, my uh, father-in-law Um, runs 12K a day just because he loves to, (laughs) right? And he does marathons and half marathons and he's like, you know, late 50s and he looks like he's in his mid 40s, right? So um, I have this kind of, you know, thing where I have some blokes around in my life that are important to me that kind of are setting a strong example when it comes to running and, you know, being fit. And uh, so for me, I have it on my bucket list. One day to run a marathon, In brackets, it's potentially a half marathon. (laughs) But the first bit is a marathon. In brackets, potentially a half marathon, right? Just something that has the word marathon in it will do. And I have a desire. I have a desire to run a marathon. I have a desire, a hunger, to be able to go see that finish line and have my wife and my baby girl with the camera, particularly to make sure the photo looks right so I can post it on social media. I have a desire to have that moment. But am I willing to consistently do the hard things? Am I willing to get up at 4am every morning and run 12k a day just so I can survive a marathon? Well, you might be sitting there and going, well, this guy's a success coach. Of course the answer would be yes. Well, the answer's no. I'm not. I'm not willing to get up at 4am every morning and run 12k. Okay, so I've got desire, but I haven't got the commitment to back it up. And a lot of times, this is the case in our lives. We can have this great desire, this hunger to see things happen, but we don't, we're not willing to consistently do the hard things to make that thing happen. And so commitment is about counting the cost of the goal and making sure you break it up and you're willing to pay the price in a daily basis and that price will be doing things that you don't feel like doing and doing them consistently that's what commitment is this is what the research shows that successful people have got these mindsets the next one is responsibility i love responsibility because if you flick it the ability to respond or e i always misspell responsibility because i love flicking and i always spell it with response ability but it's actually ability but for the purpose of the analogy, the ability to respond. Research shows that successful people, when they don't do something that's successful, when something doesn't work out for them, rather than blaming everything else that's outside of their control, what they do is they are able to self-evaluate and they actually focus first on what could I have done differently, what could I have done better. So taking responsibility means that you get away from the habit of blaming all these other things outside of your control for why you are where you are and why uh, things haven't happened yet in your life. Taking responsibility means, okay, not blaming your parents, not blaming your upbringing, not blaming this reason, not blaming that reason, not blaming things that happened to you. You might have to deal with some of those things, but not actually putting all the responsibility on. there the reasons why you're at where you're at. Actually taking responsibility and go, I am today where I am because of the choices that I've made and the response that I've made to life. Once I take responsibility, then I'm in a launching pad to go forth and start to actually apply this in a consistent basis by saying, okay, I wasn't successful with that university assignment. Now, rather than blaming, well, the, 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 the university lecturer, I couldn't understand because his accent was too thick. And the subject's boring. And it was on the day that, you know, I have um, volleyball, and so I, I miss the lectures, and rah, 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 all these things that you can blame, actually saying, well, hang on a second, let me take responsibility. What is it that I could have done differently? Did I actually, did I plan, you know, for the term? Did I, did I actually do the study? Did I do the work? Did I not leave it to the last... No, I left it to the last minute. Taking responsibility, evaluating what could I have done differently and then making a note of that. Always self-improving. Okay? Now, there's balance in this. You're not a robot. You're a human being. So you need to enjoy life. It's not about always being harsh on yourself to the point where you don't actually have fun. But you have to have a healthy ability to respond to life by being able to self-reflect. That's responsibility. Make sense? Okay, the last one is outlook. Uh, Outlook is your level of confidence and expectation. That when you go to do something, are you confident? Do you expect to do well? See, if your starting point is, I don't think I'm going to do very well, kind of similar to that case study. I don't think I'm going to be successful. That's a negative outlook. But interesting about outlook is it can be affected by so many different variables. It can be affected, for example, I'll just share vulnerably, last year I was carrying extra weight and I knew when I was evaluating this my outlook was being negatively affected I was frustrated and I was less confident in the things that I was doing in in teaching and training and coaching Uh, not just necessarily because the way that I looked but more because the way that I felt Uh, I was lower energy I felt more lethargic I didn't have this the spring in my step the energy that I love to have when I'm coaching and training to give people the value that I want to give them so when I really thought about it I thought you know what I need to to work on my outlook, and one way is I need to... And then I had to apply responsibility, all right? had to stop blaming, I'm really, really busy, so I don't have time for exercise, and I had to take responsibility. Then I had to get committed, and I knew that commitment required accountability, so I had to get a personal trainer, because otherwise I wasn't going to get out of bed. And so I've been able to lose 20 kilos by applying these mindset strengths, because if you ask my wife, she would tell you probably the one weakness in my mind to do with most areas of my life last year was my fitness. It was my Achilles heel. So I had to really apply this to break through. Can I tell you it works? Okay, it works because you've got to deal with this. A lot of your perception, a lot of the reasons why you're not carrying through with what you actually want to do is because of something up here that's limiting you and stopping you. It's frustrating you. It's holding you back. And so we want to deal with our perception. Who's getting something from this today?